you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast has completely fixed their mechanics. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, team? Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Liked it? Yeah. I'm in. Cool. A little bit of a Wink Martindale feel to that intro today. I could do that job. Did you guys see uh, <laughs> Money's mustache, by the way? I have seen a tweet. I didn't know if it was for something he was shooting or what. I think he said – I saw him at Chargers training camp, and he was saying something about the fact that guys grow playoff beards. Why can't he grow preseason mustache? Hmm. So, yeah, like he was that. rocking the stash. I thought it looked good. It does follow the trend. People are always coming up with reasons to, to grow mustaches right. or beards or whatever like they need. So <laughs> That's a thing. Just own it. Do like, it. It's like you want to grow a mustache. That's fine. It's 2017. It is actually that is funny you bring it. And money, if you're not aware, he handles those intros uh, so well for our podcast at, at no cost to us, and it's certainly no income to him. But I think money's doing okay. I think men in general. That's his name. Um, when, uh, if you're shaving a beard or you're in a situation where you, want, you decide to grow out a mustache. It looks a lot better when you're in your bathroom by yourself looking in the mirror and you're kind of sold on it and you know the stigma attached to the mustache. You have experience with this. Oh, yeah. I definitely do. And then you walk outside the bathroom and then you just hope it doesn't get ridiculed. But almost every time, especially women, um, they'll say it and be like, no, 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 no. You just got to own that thing. You got to. I mean, you've had a mustache before, right, Sully? I, I have worn one for the most part for the last four years on and off. So, yeah. That explains a lot. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, a terrible time for facial hair in general, where the idea of a beard in general has become this like artistic thing where there's like deep websites about <laughs> beard grooming and beard culture, beard oil, beard whatever. oil. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, is this, down. is this going to, are you heading into a rant against the millennials here? No, no. I mean, Just I th- actually, this has been around from early two thousands. <laughs> This is a pre, this is pre-millennial. It's not a millennial shot. I just think the idea yeah. of like let's not over-celebrate a beard. Having a beard means that you've done nothing. You didn't shave. You did nothing. Hair just grew on your face. Okay. All right. That's fine. I mean, you're getting fired up about it. It's you know. I'm just saying a beard can know, look good on the right person. It does, and know. it does. Yeah. Anyway. Way off track. Way off track. Because <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today. Um, because yes, the Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, news came down about his suspension, uh, and that is there's going to be huge fallout there. Um, we're going to talk about that in the news. Uh, we also uh, have a lot of preseason football to get to. Week one of the preseason has started, uh, and uh, we're going to break down what happened on Thursday and then a bunch of games on Friday. And then, of course, I got a big announcement. Big announcement. Whoa. Big announcement. <laughs> That's coming up at the end of the show. That's a classic tease. In the old days of television, you could tease something for the end of a, an episode, and the people, they just sit there like the yokels and just wait for it and sit through commercials and all the other stuff. 
Now people can skip to the end of the taller end. task. Right. Yeah. You can do it, but don't because I think we got a good show, right, Greg? I, it would seem strange to skip past the Ezekiel Elliott news. <laughs> We've got a, a big phone call coming up. Yeah. There was a three-team trade that was one of the most interesting trades. Yeah. In recent history, it would be weird to skip ahead. Counterpoint: You could skip ahead, get the news if you really want it, then come back and listen to the rest. Just don't do it. Just, Very flexible. I mean, you could even skip ahead and skip the rest of the show and go read about it elsewhere. You have a lot of options in today's media. Double landscape. time. You could listen on double time speed. I do that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You All know, I don't get that. Other I don't people, like people. We've had other people I, show well, us. Well, I that. like I one and a half speed sometimes. If I like, if I just need the Does information it make you sound like a and it's not a lot, like if, if it's not just a, I'm hanging out, I want to listen to this and really like take it in. If I just need information quick, I'm, fast, I go one and a half. Who sounds the weirdest on one and a half speed from what this about room? Greg. Yeah. They yeah. <laughs> go from like annoying to unlistenable. Yeah, I, I've, I, it's like how if you heard like a filmmaker getting annoyed when someone says, oh, I watched your movie on my laptop. That's how I feel <laughs> when I hear people say, oh, yeah, I watch it at two and a half times the speed. Like, no, <laughs> as, the, as the artists wanted it to be. You were really taken back by that when I told you. You were like, well, do the jokes? Does the timing still work? Yes, everything still works. It's I don't like work. it. I don't like it. It doesn't <laughs> sit well with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get to anything, we got to uh, check behind the glass with Sully. What's up, buddy boy? What's up, guys? Last show on the mic. This oh, is it. Man. Yeah, this is it. I'm sure you're crushed. Buddy. Crushed, crushed. No, what? it's been it's been a fun summer outside of the uh, um, random this show. random random. <laughs> no, it's been a fun summer outside of all my involvement with your show. No, 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 no. <laughs> outside of the the 15 random 15 minute before the show request from Dan and That's the it? random Ooh. snarky comments from Greg. Uh, it's been a, it's been a great it's been a great summer. <laughs> In Sully style, taking shots on his way out. <laughs> All right, well, who's going to take the mic? Who's taking uh, the mic? Erica is taking over the mic. Woo. She has been here for a little bit over a week, and she's awesome. She's going to do great for you guys. Uh, big fan already. All so. right. All right well, Stoked uh, for you guys. All right. Sully, so long forever until uh, <laughs> you know, the next time we are in a disaster mode with our production team, which could happen in about 8 to 12 months. So yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, later, we'll so. see you guys soon. And welcome, Erica. No pressure. Don't worry about it. It's going <laughs> to be smooth sailing. Let's do some news. <laughs> All right, Sully going out on top with a great drop. All right, we'll start with uh, a huge story coming out of Dallas. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the running back for the Cowboys, suspended six games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. The ruling comes after a marathon investigation by the NFL, which caught um, got on a lot of people's radar, led to a lot of issues in terms of criticism for the league about how long it was taking. It was a year-long investigation, in fact, uh, into domestic violence accusations made against him by a woman named Tiffany Thompson, um, who had identified herself as a former girlfriend. Elliot had denied and always has denied the allegations. He's 22 years old. Uh, but the league handed down the ruling six games. He's already appealed it, as you would expect, Elliot. Uh, but this goes back to, Greg, uh, the allegations with uh, with Tiffany Thompson, but also the issue, the uh, the incident that happened uh, on St. Patrick's Day um, with the woman that Elliot groped and was caught on video. So the NFL sends a pretty big statement by taking him out of action six games. I think it was surprising the length of the suspension, wasn't it, Greg? It was, and yet maybe it shouldn't have been because the domestic violence policy – which 
was enacted with so much attention on it is pretty cut and dry and sets up very specific numbers for how long a player is going to be suspended upon their first infraction, six games. I mean, we've seen this before. And for whatever reason, I think primarily because it wasn't a a case that got Zeke in trouble legally, you know, through the court system, people just assumed that there wasn't going to be that much follow-up here, that it wasn't that big of a deal. And the NFL very clearly, and, and had someone speaking, really representing the NFL of why they did this, said, they believe there was a series of interactions where violence occurred, point blank, and that he should be suspended for it. Well, and Elliot's team has already come out with a statement of their own, and they are going to fight this hard. And it makes me wonder if the suspension, almost like with Tom Brady's, if the appeal is going to take a long time, that this does not happen this year potentially. One, one note in their, in their response from the Ezekiel Elliott team They said the NFL's findings are replete with factual inaccuracies and erroneous conclusions, and it cherry-picks so-called evidence to support its conclusion while ignoring other critical evidence. That said, the NFL did not rush this investigation quite the opposite. It it, it seems from the note that they sent Elliot, a five- or six-page dense recording of their findings, that they took their time and they came to a conclusion they believe in. Yeah, this was something that I think that if they came down with it a little bit quicker, it wouldn't turn into the mess that it's about to turn into. It's already a mess, and it already has lingered so long. Just looking at the timeline of everything, there's so many events and there's so much time that has passed that it's hard to get a grasp on what what the the chain of command is and, and why it's taken so long to actually hand this down. I, well, there was a March incident this year, as Dan mentioned, that was an, uh, ultimately added to the investigation. Yeah, I I don't see. I don't. There is always the NFL is always going to be criticized for basically anything they do. Uh, sometimes it's fairly, sometimes unfairly. In, in this case, I, I don't think I don't think the NFL was really. I think they did the right job here. I think that Elliot absolutely. Uh, was was doing things that the league has set very clearly, as Greg puts, in, in their guidelines of how you're supposed to carry yourself. And it should and – and they handed out the punishment before the season started. Yes, it took the better part of a year, but it's it's squared away before week one, and, and the Cowboys know exactly where they, where they stand a little late in the game. But that's just – hey, listen, that's part of the problem when one of your players gets out of line like this. I think for – the big picture for me also is, Elliot, it's got to be a wake-up call to this guy because there's been m- multiple incidents. And if you – and we work in the league, we hear stories like – there's clearly this guy is kind of living a lifestyle that can get him into himself into trouble. And this was a product of that directly. How does he react going forward? Uh, but we'll have to see. I find it interesting is Greg, I agree with you now that we have had this new kind of landscape on how these kind of, you know, issues will be dealt with that six games was going to be a regular ban, a regular punishment that we went from thinking 48 hours ago where the, where the Jones family and the Cowboys were saying we're confident that nothing will happen. And then you're hearing one game. It, it could be maybe one or two games that this really it fits exactly what the NFL said would happen to players in this situation. But again, they're not completely synced up with lawmakers. They are acting as their yeah, own godlike force. But it's a totally different and I, I don't know if there's been a lot of anti NFL reaction of wow they you know, this is curious that they're doing this. First of all, it seems like there's anti you know, if it was the other way a few years ago, they can't ob- win. obviously, I, I don't want to really dive into that because I don't feel like I have enough information to be like, oh, yeah, of course he deserved it. Of course he didn't. It's like, calm down, 
like everyone having these hot takes out there don't know what they're talking about. Like, I don't know. I, I what I can evaluate is what, how it affects the Cowboys, how it affects Ezekiel Elliott and, and it and it they shouldn't be so surprised. Like I'm a little weirded out. Well, like, it's like, it's it, not the same. What I was going to say was it's not the same thing as a court of law. It's kind of like the difference between a court of law and a civil case. In a civil case, you just need to get 51 percent of of the blame to end up being guilty. In a court of law, like you have to be beyond a reasonable doubt. The NFL is not looking for beyond reasonable doubt. They're looking to make was it, was he probably at fault for this violence against her were the the reasons that they gave for her having bruises etc credible they didn't think it was credible right all i'd say though is that we we can move on to the football side but it's not a complete mystery what the nfl their process oh. or what they're thinking because they sent a very detailed letter that anyone can read on twitter to ezekiel Elliott. that that's their thinking yeah, and exactly why the ruling happened. we don't know everything about it but we know what the nfl used as a basis and I feel like that's enough personally to to make an opinion on whether this was a just punishment that's that's where I come down yeah I I can't speak to the details of what happened between Ezekiel Elliott and that's what I mean and the woman but I think that the league has to be consistent with their punishment and if it's six games it's six games but it's interesting on the football side of it because they the Cowboys have a bye week week six so he's not coming back until he won't be playing until week eight of yeah, the season. it's. I mean, do they have what's on their depth chart they, uh, behind Elliot? Can they survive this? Ronnie Hillman, they brought in. They Darren have McFadden. Rod Smith, who I, Darren McFadden will be the starter, but Rod Smith, he, if you guys, wa- uh, everybody who watched the Hall of Fame game, he had a, a a good, some good plays in there, and he's had a really good training camp. They like him. I think they brought in brought in some guys because they were bracing for the suspension. Well, right. Dallas is the only team to play four top 10 defenses from last year in that in what would be the window where he's gone they'll wow. play the Giants the Broncos Cardinals Rams Packers and 49ers and well, FC East is wide open yeah I mean Alfred Morris was believed to right. be on the roster bubble that maybe Rod Smith who's impressed who can play a little fullback too was going to kind of kick him off the roster now they have Alfred Morris there that's another back who's had a thousand yard season they'll keep him around we've, we've seen how this goes we saw it a couple years ago when Darren McFadden uh, was kind of the bridge running back in the year between DeMarco Murray and Zeke Elliott. They weren't too bad. The question for me is, is the offensive line as dominant? I mean, they have three of the best players. They should be fine. But they have a total question mark at left guard. You got Jonathan mm-hmm. Cooper there right now? Right, so, yeah. a, a, a top former top 10 pick who's washed out, and that's a competition. Lyle Collins should be good at right tackle. It's, you know, it's worth mentioning he's moving from a guard position. He missed most of the last season. So it's a little more uncertain with their line than it usually was. They also, if you look at, and again, they're going to have they're going to have time potentially to to mix and match and use other running backs and get them, you know, in sync with Dak Prescott. But if you look at Prescott's numbers when Elliott was not in there last yeah, year, exactly. I mean, they fall. Off, they, they don't. His numbers don't fall off the cliff, but the running game falls off a cliff. The, the way that uh, that offense operated, and it comes down to time of possession. That their their rush play percentage went from fifty six percent down to thirty five point five without Elliott. That's not who they are. They want to run the ball at least around. 50% of the time. I want to see how it affects Dak. And, and also with this, all the suspensions on defense, this is the 16th player to be suspended since 2014 it, on the Cowboys. That's amazing. Yeah, that's part of the narrative with that team. And and I, I thought all summer it was going to be hard to match 13-3. and three. This obviously adds another obstacle for them. That, I'm telling you, they feel like a team where – Things can go sour. Well, now thing now this, you're you've had this prediction for a long time. This is starting to come into play in a strong way. You, just seems. I mean, he'll here. he'll be back and and play if he's healthy ten games. But it just I don't know. 
to get a lot of bad, a lot of bad juju. And if you're that. Roger Goodell, the last two owners that you've gone hard at are Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. Well, look how it worked out for the Patriots. That, that's true. If, if you're going to look at a positive, that, that opener against the Giants is the only division game in that mix. You've got the 49ers and Rams out of those six games, which are about as easy a game on paper as they have all season. Uh, but you have some very challenging ones, too, at Denver, at, at Arizona. You get that Packers game there early, and you're doing it without Zeke. Well, by the way, Mark, how do you know I didn't know that this was going to happen? Oh, God. <laughs> how do you know I didn't have sparrows the whole time? That's all. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. I won't. I will not argue. With you. I mean, you you made this prediction. You've had. You've been very confident for months about. I it. mean, if I know one thing about NFL, you know, Network Insider Dan Hansis, ATN, he, he ATN Insider. Insider. He's yeah. he's not one to really like not talk about things he knows. Mm-hmm. You know, ATN. It's true. He generally is going to. Hey hey hey. Kind of. For the truth, go to the it's also very drop. rarely about on-field football-related happenings. It's typically more, you know, personnel movement, right. uh, in-house work-related gossip type things, and occasionally a locker room scenario like like what happened with Tom Brady. So you've expanded your your uh, rule of insidery. <laughs> you really do you know. always have the best gossip. That's true, Colleen. I want to know what you're giving your sparrows. That's I know that's secret, gossip on I, you. I like Let's start gossip on you and Greg and myself <laughs> and others. That's it. You know, we're, we're what were you, played here. What were you trying to say, Greg? You would seem like you were getting yourself worked up to taking a shot at me, but you never got to finish there. Hmm. I think I think I basically said it that if you've got if you've got a bit of information, you're you're going to put it out there. Oh, not, I, it wouldn't not it unless w- I got the big three source one, two and trace. Triple source, baby. <laughs> when Mark when Mark said when Mark said rarely do you have sort of league information or player you know personnel stuff you know you could change rarely to never so far so this would be a first that's all I'm saying so salty so salty <laughs> moving on big trades big big trades come on Greg that's not like you that's not like you it's totally like me uh kind of is actually <laughs> the bills the buffalo bills join the new york jets in the give up club uh in the 2017 season they make a move a couple moves actually uh the team announced that sammy watkins their wide receiver first round pick in 2014 traded to the los angeles rams along with a uh, 2018 sixth round pick in exchange for cornerback ej Gaines and a 2018 second rounder and another corresponding deal the Bills acquired wide receiver Jordan Matthews and a 2018 third rounder from the Eagles for cornerback Ronald Darby. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, your initial takeaways. Let's start from the Bills side of things. Your thoughts. Well, when I had to write this thing up and, and you know, the tweets were coming fast and furious, my head was spinning because I at one point I thought that, oh, Sammy Watkins will look great with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. But then you realize all these players are going elsewhere. If I look at from the Bills angle that the, when the Bills never when they chose to completely pass the idea of giving Sammy Watkins to go, sign up for his option for next season, you knew he was not on the long term plans. I thought, but, you know, unless he stayed in Buffalo, had a monster year and they thought he fits here that it shouldn't be shocking that he's been traded, although it was surprising when this happened today. You look at what Buffalo's done here. They have accrued a second and third rounder from 2018, and they have a first rounder with the trade from Kansas City to allow Kansas City to trade up to get Patrick Mahomes. They are 
full force going after the 2018 draft. And I wouldn't be shocked if it could even be to package themselves to get their quarterback of choice if it's not Tyrod Taylor after this season. Mm. They, this was a, they, they are getting rid of Sammy Watkins. They have gotten Jordan Matthews. It's, I'm not sure about I, – I think Jordan Matthews can do just as much as Sammy Watkins in that offense, but this is very much wow. about the future in Buffalo. Yeah, this was so interesting. First of all, the Bills having six picks in the first three rounds next year. Obviously, now they are in full rebuild mode, as you said. But I thought it was really interesting just bringing in Jordan Matthews, getting rid of Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby, he had a, a he took a step back last season, but so did the entire Bills offense as a whole. Ronald Darby had his best season with Jim Schwartz when he was with the Bills. Now he's with the Eagles That in 2015 when he was a rookie. And I thought that he played almost as good to, as good to have defensive rookie of the year status, even though Marcus Peters got it. But I believe he only allowed four touchdowns in a two-game span in 2015. And I think the Eagles got a great guy because they really needed a cornerback. But from the Bills' perspective – they, what are they going to do at corner? I mean, Stefan Gilmore is already gone. You drafted right. Tredavious White, but yeah, if you're it's, rebuilding. It's, it's not scam for Sam in Buffalo. It's not that no. dire. I think they'll be able to be competitive because their quarterback's a little underrated and they still have some players there. But, you know, it, it makes sense to me. It's it, Maybe they have a huge hole, to, hole in their cornerback, but in secondary, who cares? Who cares? Because they're just like <laughs> the Jets to a certain extent, just like the Dolphins, even the Dolphins don't realize it yet. It it's all has to be building for tomorrow because nothing's happening in the in the present. So I also think it was part of the, a culture move. Let's Doug Whaley, let's sweep his mm-hmm. legacy out of the building. Let's get these guys out of here and just put my stamp on it. Right. I think it was a, a couple things. I think the Whaley side of it and it, the team just realizing what's our ceiling? Ten wins if everything goes right. Uh, what does that mean? We're going to go to New England and win in the in the division round? If we, I just think that they realize what their ceiling was. They realize it's time to play for the future, and that's the move they made. Well, I liked it. It's hard, though, and and they shouldn't pay for the sins of Buddy Nix and Chan Gailey and Doug Whaley and Rex Ryan and every other plan that they've changed every two years in Buffalo. But I think it's fair if you're a Bills fan to be a little annoyed that, hey, we just gave up two first-round picks mm-hmm. and, and another pick for Sammy Watkins. That was our guy. We bought a ton of jerseys. He's the most talented guy, you know, receiver we've had in a long time. He's gone. Ronald Darby was PFF's Defensive Rookie of the Year. This is the m- part of the move that doesn't make much sense to me because he's got two years left on his contract yeah. at total $1.3 million. The, the Eagles have to look at it like, we just got an extremely talented player who – doesn't cost anything. Worst case scenario, we franchise him like three years from now. That's a three-year contract at a very low price for a very good player. And all we had to give up was a third-round pick and Jordan Matthews, who was in the last year of his contract, who... Probably wasn't going to stick around Philly. Right. Probably wasn't going to be that big of a factor. I think he's a very replaceable uh, wide receiver that they're not going to really miss too much with Nelson Aguilar, and they've got some depth there. And they get Ronald Darby back. It's great for them, and I think Bills fans just have to put their faith in, like, okay, I guess we have to trust that McDermott and Billy and uh, Brandon Bean are going to make the right picks. 
But when was the last time a Bills GM made the right picks? It was about 20 years ago. Yeah. So, so I don't blame well, the, totally different. the fans for being upset. I know it's different yeah. people, but these are you're looking for really talented young players, and they just traded away two of their most talented young players. As I'd say, though, down in the newsroom, we were saying it, it technically is not a three-team trade. No. But it is in the sense that the only way that they get Watkins out the door, which was going to happen at some point anyways, was to get something in return. And the, the Philadelphia side of it, I think they got, they didn't get fleeced, but they gave up a lot to get Jordan really? Matthews. No, I'm saying, I'm saying the Bills. Oh, okay. The Bills giving up Darby is an yeah. expensive mm-hmm. piece, but I, I think there was an agenda to get Watkins out of town. I don't, I don't, I don't think that Jordan Matthews is going to be better than Sammy Watkins, though. Jordan Matthews has never had a, a thousand yards receiving. Even Kenny Britt last year had more receiving He has a high ceiling, Watkins. On the Rams side of the ball, let's just look at the Rams before we move on here. So they, they get another weapon in Watkins, and listen, this guy has been... Eight tra- games last year. The Bills traded up and passed on essentially Mike Evans and Odell Beckham to get Sammy Watkins three years ago. And now it's now the Rams, it's their turn to really invest in the idea of Sammy Watkins as a superstar. But on paper, I get it. You First overall pick, Jared Goff, had nothing to work with, had a, a coaching staff that was overmatched last year. Let's now give him a real weapon on the outside. The Where you could come at them a little bit, Greg, is you could say, all right, you know, Watkins is unproven. He's got a foot. He has foot issues. Uh, and it costs you a second-round pick when your team that's clearly still building towards something. It's expensive to get a guy with as much risk as Watkins has, especially when the 2018 free agent class of wide receiver is so deep. You don't want to get in the habit of trading away future picks, and this this group, Sean McVay, was still paying for Jared Goff trade. They didn't have a first or second-round pick this year. Now they trade away next year's. This deal only makes sense if Watkins is there long-term. They now are in the spot where they have to get a contract done with Aero Donald. They basically have to make this Watkins move work because it really makes no sense for it to happen as a one-year rental. That said, the Eagles' biggest hole on their roster was cornerback by far. It was not a competitive cornerback group. The Rams' biggest hole on their roster by far was a vertical type of receiver. I mean, the closest thing they had was Robert Woods, who's a possession guy. Former so, teammate to Sammy. Right. Suddenly, they, it makes a lot more sense. Okay, Robert Woods is a possession guy. You got Cooper Cups, your slot receiver, and Tavon Austin is essentially a forgotten man and just kind of a utility number four guy, and it all works a lot better. This team is much better with Sammy Watkins. One thing. I mean, this Rams front office... A, you had to cut bait on Greg Robinson. And now all the whispers are, oh, well, how do we get rid of Tavon Austin? Can he be traded? Oh, he doesn't have certain, you know, you don't owe him a certain amount of money after this season. It's more doable after signing the ridiculous extension that he has signed, which was essentially the team saying, we've created a star player, but no one else saw him as a star player. If Tavon Austin moves and you are the Rams GM, you have essentially, with two two first-round picks, they have their, they, on your tenure, they're already off the team. How much more time do you have in that organization? The, that's why I, I think it it lowers the honeymoon period here. Now with Watkins and Goff, it's like, okay, we got to have Goff and Watkins do some damage I right think, now. I think they got to win seven games you, minimum this year and show something and, and be competitive. Or I think Snead finally runs out of time. He's had, he's mm. had quite a bit of rope uh, now. now before we move on. Just because it's such a, a seismic deal, I got to throw it over to the fantasy corner, the Mark Sessler oh, wow. fantasy corner. It's a dangerous place to be. It has volcanic viewpoints. And also, I, just, I, I forgot my mace. God. Yeah, just quite frankly, it's not a nice neighborhood. It's Mark, getting worse. Mark, what is the fallout for Sammy Watkins and uh, his fantasy value in 2017? 
I think his fantasy value is, listen, if he can play a full 16 games, I could see 60 catches, 940 yards, about five touchdowns, which is in the neighborhood of what he did his first two seasons before last year's injury-riddled campaign. But that, that all triggers off Jared Goff not being a fundamental disaster. Yes. Uh, question, follow-up question. Yeah. Is that a military tank behind you? Uh, yes. This, this part of town is hot on the North Korean radar, and so there are concerns. How much of your outfit is Kevlar? Not sure what that means. Oh, Kev- <laughs> my Kev- Kevlar armor? I don't wear armor because, listen, a reporter just has to put themselves right into the... You want to be part of the real common man when you're out here on the street. Most Gonzo of them are style. running. Most of them are running. All right. So. Let's, let's put our, win- our windows up and drive wow. away. Before we move on, though, I, yeah. you know, I know we talked a little bit about being, you're, of course, the ATN insider. Media insider, yep. Uh, but you're not the only one who had a little bit of a scoop. Got a little scoops? Earlier this week. <laughs> it's becoming more clear, and the Philadelphia Eagles trade Jordan Matthews to the Bills for a <laughs> mid-round pick. Let's say fourth-round pick. Wow, you nailed it. I mean, that was Great much, job. That was, that was Monday. <laughs> That was just Dude. last show. You listened Nailed to it. our show. We said make one prediction what's going to happen in the offseason. There we go. That's pretty good, bro. Wow. Um, who's, whose voice yeah, who, was that? That was, a, that was an interesting voiceover. <laughs> that was, I, Erica, I, who was it? It was like weird paranormal I, uh, activity. I grabbed someone randomly walking by. Well done. Good producing. <laughs> Erica flying in her good first. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Coming in off the bench early in the first quarter and uh, doing a nice job so far. Uh, all right, good good trip to the Fantasy Corner. By the way, Fantasy Extravaganza coming up later this month. Finally in the news, real quick, just because it's kind of a silly story uh, at this point, Brad, Brandon Albert, the offensive lineman the Jags traded for, he, he was holding out um, for a deal, and then he retired, and then uh, that was in late July. And then er- earlier this week, Albert expressed his desire to return to the team. Uh, the team, in turn, Placed him on the reserve slash retired list, Colleen, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the Jaguars eh, they just washed their hands entirely. Uh, they released the offensive tackle, according to Rap Sheet, on Friday. Uh, put a bow on it, Colleen. Yeah, this was uh, <laughs> put a bow on a tiny box. A lot of activity for Brandon Albert for um, actually not not doing anything, but we've been talking about him a lot. It's, a, it's been a weird journey for him on the team, off the team, retired, maybe not retired. I think that he is having trouble with his decision making right now. Well, like, or the, or what's <laughs> going to happen to his bank account? And maybe exactly. that wasn't completely. Maybe the agent needed to give a little more information about the consequences attached. Right, yeah, but now they, can't go, that now they can't go after his $3.4 million. So it was a nice move for Brandon Albert. He just pretended he it? wanted to play again. Uh, yeah. I think it was well, like a $3 million signing bonus. I like maybe? what Roto World called it, a bizarre cat and mouse between these two yeah. ridiculous entities. It's also silly. <laughs> Grow up, Peter Pan. You know, just... You know, play out your contract, gut cut, but the, you know, oh, I retire. No, I want back in. Well, yeah, Ooh, if, reserve, if you had resi- to give back your no. signing bonus, you'd be like, "Hey, guys, listen, I'm back. I'm feeling good." There's certain to be a, a certain lack of dignity involved with the process. That's all. I don't want to point fingers. You at wanted so more. You, would, you, you wanted more dignity involved in all of this. The Brandon Albert that saga. That was what you were looking for. A touch of dignity. You right? would leave the money behind. Uh, if my integrity no, was threatened, really? Yeah. There's really no not. way. Three point five million? <laughs> no way. Yes. Dude, didn't you didn't you just tell us on a recent episode that you like wandered back into a, a temp job that you had bolted <laughs> to get your thirty five dollar <laughs> paycheck? So come on. That was a different me. <laughs> Great right, callback. Well. Uh, but that is a yes. That is an efficient uh, turning of the tables there, Mark. That's what's <laughs> happening in the news. New era 
Oh, man. So many hats. NFL's training camp collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There is no reason. None at all. You shouldn't. There's no reason you shouldn't make the new era NFL training collection. Nailed it. I guess. It's a copy issue. A part of your daily attire. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLshop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. Is it should it be available in your favorite team at retailers like Lids, NFLshop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods? I think they've done an excellent job with the copy. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate their help. <laughs> it should maybe be mixed up a little bit. Maybe tweak that. Hey, Erica, can we, you know, one of your first jobs, eh, just tweak this copy a little bit? You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so it reads a little better? <laughs> Could get Great. You're going to blame Erica now. No, no, no. I'm actually saying if she can help us out with this. You feel like she can multitask. She's already shown that ability. I think yeah. I, I think she's a straight shooter with yep. uh, upper management potential. Yep. <laughs> it's the early scouting report. <laughs> All right. Let's move on and talk some um, Thursday and Friday pre – do we want to talk to Wes now, or do we want to save that to the end of the show as well? We're going to call. Oh, Wes. we're we're talking to Wes. Yeah, we're going to talk to Wes today. Let's do it. Do we, let's should do we do it, it he, now? Yeah, he said he had some news for us. All right, let's call him. Yeah, let's do it because uh, pull the curtain back about five minutes before we came up here for the show. Wes said he had some news and he wanted to uh, tell us about it on the podcast. Now we're extremely curious what that news could yes. be. Now I want to I want to speculate here. I hope I hope it's good news, but it could be anything. Pull just, the curtain back even farther. Pull it back a little further. I know what the news is. Mm. Whoa! Ooh. Everyone here, what what's everyone? These information brokers, That's all of true. you, with like <laughs> a little your bit of an ATN insider. I'm kind of a lot of sparrows. I got the scoop. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Do we have what? Do I hear Wes yeah, on but the who phone got right the, now? I'm just curious who got the scoop. Um, my my husband. Do you know him, John Gonzalez? John Ronald Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, <laughs> is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. Oh, okay, that yeah. guy. All right, uh, Wes, are you on the line, buddy? I am. I just got out of Colleen's car with her husband. Hello. Oh, the Hi. motorized monster! You were in it. <laughs> I love it. I love your car. I've always wanted a Jeep. Yeah, it's well, fun. I really want to get to the news from Chris Wessling, but why is it called the motorized monster? Because it's a it's a four-door Wrangler, but it's stick, and so it's just like hulking down the highway. So it's a it's a beast. It's impressive. Yeah. Drive stick in this day of it. It's day not and age. smooth. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> All right, Wes. So you said you have some, should we call it breaking news? Breaking. All right, we got Ooh. breaking news. Floor is yours, bud. So let me set the stage for you a little bit. The, in the past couple of months, since they found the tumor and started radiation and chemotherapy, we have no way of knowing how much the tumor has shrunk, if it's spread, how, how well everything's worked. Uh, they ran CT scans on me Monday, but I haven't heard, so I, I didn't know anything. And we ran an endoscopy today when I came to from the propofol, which puts you under. The doctor was crying. Whoa. What's up? In a very in a very good way. She woke me up. Said the cancer is obliterated. Whoa! Oh boy! Yeah! Wow! She she her job was to go in and tattoo the tumor so the surgeon can find it, and there was no tumor to tattoo. She said so. That is amazing of- news! Wow, Wes! Wow! 
I got Wes, I feel like I'm going to cry right now. I know. Yeah, yeah when so. I called the paramorph, he was <laughs> she, had, she had me a little misty. They used the they used the word obliterated. Obliterated. They wow. also used the word you are going to go in and have surgery on Wednesday because they want to make sure nothing's hiding in the walls or anything like that. Uh, and then you'll be cured. She used the Whoa. word cured twice. That is amazing. That's the best news in the history of the Around the NFL podcast. Yes, it is. Oh, my God, Wes. I'm so happy. That's the, that's the greatest news ever. Like, this is, this is amazing. And we will be able to soon go to Hanano together and celebrate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John was talking about Hanano at least seven or eight times on the way home. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. So, I mean, where does that rank in Chris Wessling lifetime good news? I mean, is there anything even approaching that? <laughs> I think it ranks right behind uh, a few months ago when I found out the cancer had not spread and I wasn't going to die in the next year. Yeah, that that feels fair. That feels like a fair number one placeholder. What was your, when she told you that and she used the word obliterated, what went through your mind? It's amazing because so much of this uh, has been me reading her face over the past few months. Um, When she found the tumor on the first endoscopy, there was grave concern, and, and she's such a good doctor, and, and I could just see it on her face that she was worried. Um, and then when a few days later when we ran the test and she saw that it had not spread, um, just the relief, and again, she was in tears when she found out it hadn't spread, and I saw the same look on her face today, so I knew it was going to be just great news. You just, but you're still like, you're coming out of the propofol, which puts you under, so you're, there's still a few cobwebs, and I'm trying to take it all in, and I see her mm. crying but also smiling really wow. wide. And, and like, I, you think worst case scenario, as poorly as I've been eating and as much kind of suffering as I've been going through the past month and a half, a lot of things enter your mind and you don't know like how much of it is the tumor and how much of it is the radiation and the chemo, like doing a number on your cells and killing them. And, and you just don't know why you're suffering. So to find out that the chemo and the radiation did their job, and you were suffering because they did their job, and it wasn't the tumor. Like that, to me, was such a relief. Mm. Wow. Oh my God, Wes! I want. I wish I could give you a big hug right now. Well, uh, John's gonna have us at Hanano uh, this weekend. <laughs> we <can do> that. <laughs> that is ideal. <laughs> that is amazing, Wes. Oh my God, Wes! Are you at all worried that you've rendered the rest of this podcast kind of pointless? Because yeah. there's no way to top that. Like, we're, yeah. I don't know how we're going to go back into talking about, like, the Browns offensive line on Thursday night. In the the Falcons' strong side linebacker situation <laughs> suddenly meaningless. I was so ebullient, I just had to share my news. You know, I just had to get it out. That's awesome, buddy. Awesome, awesome, Wes. No, that is a great way to send yourself into the weekend, as I, I, I can imagine. Uh, Wes obliterating cancer in a big spot. Some say the biggest spot. Uh, well, say the with, with just a little bit of help from the doctors and medicine and technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you see it your way. I see it mine. Wes, awesome. <laughs> that is great news. Oh it's great God, news buddy. for all of us. And uh, we can't wait until you knock out the surgery. And then, yes, Hanano's podcasts, all the good life stuff. We love you, brother. Love you guys, too. Love you, bud. All right. Wow. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, yeah. Just end the show right there. I don't even – I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we should have we should have done this at the end. I'm but, now an emotional wreck. Yeah. Like, hey, my instinct was to do it at the end. I didn't know the news, so I didn't know if it was going to be that great. 
that's great. John texted me before. Dan's announcement at the back is really what's going to suffer in comparison. Right now. <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> well, all they the people that fast-forwarded just to hear that, and <laughs> they've missed this announcement entirely. They got banged. They get banged hard. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Just hearing Wes, though, tell that story, like, really got me. Great news for the local bar scene. Wes is back. He's ready to spend some cash. <laughs> it's been just taverns across West L.A. shuddering over the past, like, three months or so. But, no, business is about to pick up in a big way. So, yes, that is great news. And uh, let's uh, move forward with the show. Listen, it'll be imagine it was bad news. We have good news. There's no reason to, to stop the show. We'll just keep rolling. But now yeah. we're all happy. Okay. If anything, it can make it makes the preseason more exciting to talk about because that's what began uh, uh, on Thursday night. You know, you count the Hall of Fame game. I don't count the Hall of Fame. Game. What? Why? It's eh, part of the preseason. I'm with you. I don't really buy into it as part of the preseason. You didn't buy into the beginning of Hall of Fame weekend. Listen, a great 2018 win by the Cowboys, really squeaker of a victory over the Arizona Cardinals. But now we're come back, come from behind. Big time comeback in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame game. But I don't care. I want to get into the week one of the preseason proper. Uh, so let's go through the games that have been played. There were, I don't know, about seven on Friday on Thursday. Seven. And um, and one on Wednesday. Let's start. I guess we'll just start. Let's just go in order. Let's talk about the Wednesday game first uh, because there were some good things to take away from that. It was the Texans uh, against the Carolina Panthers. And uh, everyone wanted to see what happened at the quarterback situation. Uh, Greg, get us going there uh, with what you saw uh, behind center for the Texans. Of course, the situation, Tom Savage, people think that or he's been positioned as this guy that could be a real starter. Deshaun Watson, uh, the team's first round pick. I think Deshaun Watson just showed it and confirmed everything that you've heard about him in training camp, that he's a little ahead of pace, that a lot of the things that you were excited about in terms of, you know, to use a terrible word, poise and his decision making. Just kind of looked like, all right, he's ready to play some NFL quarterback. wasn't wasn't perfect, but he was fun to watch. Like you had those super side, you know, those Alex Smith comparisons going into the draft, and you can kind of see that watching him play. He seems like he's going to be ready to play sooner than later. Yeah, I think he absolutely will play this season. The idea that that's not going to happen, even it, may, it maybe doesn't happen at the start. But there's not Tom Savage. Nothing happened with that Texans offense against the Panthers starters. They, Carolina took Houston to town early on. Watson came in. He was not facing the starting defense, but I thought he extended plays well. And he had a nice connection with Flipper Anderson's son, Dre's Anderson. Is that really? Oh, yeah. wow. Um, I did not know that historically. I, I did some research on this guy and found that out. But. When I watch Humblebrack, when I watch Tom Savage. I'm just, it's not a Humblebrack. I'm telling you, I did not yeah. innately know that. It's, good, I, though. it's you know. good that you did the research. Tom, Tom Savage. Kind of a Oh, please. He, he kind of looks like every other kind of, I don't want to be mean, but kind of stiff, backup, mediocre quarterback you've ever seen. Kind of a statue in the pocket. Savage. Uh, a savage, kind of a statue in the pocket, maybe holds the ball too long, uh, maybe can hit a pass every once in a while. And that, so he leaves the game, and then, and then the rookie comes in, and Watson, I think to, him, to me, I think there's a real chance he's going to start week one. Just I don't, You don't want to make snap judgments, but the fact that he came in and, and the way he was able to move in the pocket, the way he was able to make plays happen, I just thought there was such a big difference to me uh, in seeing how, how, how the offense just seemed to be more lively uh, with Watson behind center uh, over Savage. Yeah, there was a little bit more of a pop in the offense when you watched it with Watson. I think they were able to do a little bit, uh, some different things just because of his athleticism. Also, I felt he had the ability to, he, he was cool with throwing the ball away, 
when there was nothing there. And I think that that shows kind of yeah. th- that shows his maturity too. Yeah. And when I watched with Tom Savage, it was just kind of a boring vanilla offense. He's Tom Savage. Yeah. But we, it's also, t- you know, he was like nine for 11. And it's like we we always talk about preseason sample size. It's like normally a football player plays a whole game and you make an evaluation. This is two or three series yeah. and one of them ended in a touchdown. It's like mm-hmm. it, right. it, it, we, there was I drew nothing from Tom Savage's performance in particular, but it was nice to see Deshaun Watson kind of confirm all the good things you've heard about. I, thought, I really doubt he's going to start week one. I thought Christian McCaffrey looked good. He looks yeah. sort of, you know, you saw little bits of what we've been hearing to some degree. He didn't break free or anything. Uh, Demir Bird looks like he could be potentially a deep threat for the Panthers and fill that slot for them. I, I was stunned to find out that Joe Webb is still playing quarterback. I thought that I feel like he's Isn't been that around amazing? for like 88 years. But. He went to receiver for a while, and then I think it was last year he settled back into like special teams captain slash third string quarterback, which is badass. I mean, it, played it pretty well. Eighth year in his career uh, to carve out a career like that. If you had said that when he was the most random playoff starter, I think probably of this decade when he was told he was going to start 30 minutes before the game and had that terrible performance, it's like he's still going strong, making that money. But Derek Anderson, I think when we talked about our backup QB rankings, maybe even knock him up a notch or two. You want to take him up? Yeah. Derek Anderson, just you put him in there, he just makes things happen. You know, he – I know. How about he, Kelvin Benjamin? He brings back – Oh, my God. He looked great. Derek Anderson brings back – glory memories for you of the 2007 season? Well, that season went very Eight. south at the end, but there were some incredible moments, yes. Yeah. Kelvin Benjamin, yeah, he looked good. He, he he lost 20 pounds, by the way, since that spring camp practice he sh- where he showed up and, and Ron Rivera said that he was looking heavy. A lot of weight talk. Yeah, he, he's down. To, he was in the mid-260s when he reported this spring. He's playing in the 240s now, and he made a nice catch in traffic for a touchdown and kind of looked like maybe the 2013 Calvin Benjamin a little bit. So. You were on on inter, on a, you know Twitter calling out the – was it the belly truthers, that you're down on yes. belly truthers? Getting out, I'm getting Big after Johnny. the belly truthers. Got a, and by the way, just so you know, Greg, uh, H. Butker hit a 51-yard field goal with 421 to play in this game, but it wasn't enough uh, as the Panthers won 27-17. to are you tracking that kicker <laughs> battle? Got to get that score in. Big Bucker <laughs> fan. <laughs> yeah, so the, why on earth do we need the score? The Panthers improve <laughs> to one and zero in the preseason. No, Texans okay. fall to zero and one. Track this heavily, please. Let's, let's move on. And by the way, I, I a shout out. Uh, despite you know Greg taking shots at me about my insider status, shout out to both Greg and Wes uh, for their write ups on Wednesday and Thursday. The winners and losers. You got to check that. Check it out. Because you're going to learn a lot. See, Greg, see? Thanks, see it's like? I, I love the, the what we learn. No, it's just a, a compliment okay. of your work. Not looking for anything back. Well, okay. I'm sure he is. Really? So you better be. You better Thank deliver you. something back verbally before the show wraps. Um, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to the Friday games. Greg, since you – or the Thursday games, since you uh, did write the what we learned, where do we want to start? Uh, maybe in order of what – Jumped out to you the most on Thursday night. Well, the big story to me was Mitchell Trubisky because the last most people remember him was getting filleted on draft day by all the people who thought the Bears were insane for trading him up. And this is a guy we've barely seen play college. And we haven't heard too much good or bad in camp. And you watch him play on Thursday night, and he was the most memorable thing on Thursday night. I'm not saying he was exactly like Dak Prescott a year ago, but he basically had a 
perfect opening statement. Like, literally, they had no points and just about no first downs in six drives before he came in, and he comes in, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. He didn't have an incompletion, you know, for his first 11 throws. And three or four of those throws, especially late in that third drive, the field goal drive, there's a third and 18 where he gets hit after the play. You know, perfect. There's a couple throws right on the run. Uh, and it's just like, okay, this is a guy that looks like a guy who should be drafted in the top five, who's got some talent. Fun to watch. And suddenly the Bears look, you know, there was such a stink on the Bears around this whole thing. Tom Pelissero wrote an interesting piece he, he, that, that people have started. When, this happened with Dak Prescott, that league executives around the league would start texting him saying, like, this Prescott guy's for real. That that started to happen with Trubisky, that people are saying he looks in control. And there were a couple of play with him over and over. It wasn't like run for your life in the wrong direction. It's step up in the pocket, throw, your, throw the ball, and it's on point. Throw after throw. The accuracy that they talked about was there. Yeah. There was a play where he had to spin into through through defenders into a wide open space, and the play broke down. He spun around and then just ran for a first down. He's he's good on his feet. I don't know. It's one game, but like I I was expecting a disaster from Trubisky. You yeah. Shame on the football cognoscenti too, because you can't if you're Wait, gonna now. I'm just Why? gonna say I, it's on my radar a little bit. I'm not, I'm not gonna cast any shame on him yet actually. But if, if you're going to all of a sudden come around and all of a sudden love Mitch Trubisky and be like, oh, wow, the Bears are doing it. They've really uh, hit on something special here. Well, you better have a little mea culpa for burying this team for three months without ever seeing the kid take a snap. But it's too us, it's, us in the room should? Well, everyone. But it's too early It's too early to say either way. I think D, DJ points this out every uh, – Daniel Jeremiah – I'm not going to be ignored. <laughs> points this out every preseason. Scouts should never start bragging – or taken out from preseason performances. There's a lot of like, oh, look, they were right. It's like, no. I mean, no one knows if they're well, right or not. A couple years ago, we're glowing over, over Blake Bortles. We're all saying that we've found, like, the child of Ben right. Roethlisberger. You know, it's like, please. <laughs> I think this was, Bears fans can be excited, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, hey, it's this was fun. I was flying back from the East Coast, so this is the only game that I got to watch live. So I watched it pretty closely, and – I was really excited when Trubisky came in. At one point, he completed 10 straight passes. And this comes after Mike Glennon had a rough start to this Very game. Rough. He uh, had a pick six, and then there was a high snap. I mean, Glennon is a pretty tall dude. He's like 6'6". Well, the six. snap wasn't on snap, him. The, pick the snap six went over well, his the, head. No, what I'm saying like is – Like a two-second three and out in between those two events right. were on him too. I mean, right. the contrast is what it you're talking about. messy, yeah. And Trubisky came in, and all of a sudden it turned around. He looked good. And then also their um, Tyree Cohen, their, the running back, had a lot of really good mm. plays. I mean, he played a little bit of everything. He was returning punts. He was carrying the ball well. And Adam Shaheen, the tight end, I really liked him too. Glennon should should win the starting job, you would think, at least in week one. But he he has to be better than he was, obviously, in this game. And if Trubisky plays lights out all preseason right. and puts them in a position where they might they might convince themselves to just bail on this Glennon thing entirely right. as a starter. Well, there was this belief that, oh, well, you know, Trubisky is the one quarterback that there's no way he'll play this season, even if no, the Bears Mahomes. felt – well, I, Mahomes, yes, but yeah. Trubisky was packed into that too. That yes, they're sold on Glenn and Glenn. It's not, 
Glennon is Glennon could be yanked within within with uh, the first game of the season. Honestly, Trubisky is playing really against like week three Mike Glennon right now because if he just looks good all month, then it just makes that leash mm-hmm. so short. You never know. I mean, if he looked good this good all three weeks and Glennon struggled all three weeks, you have to think about. It. Fox said John Fox said though one game is not going to change his depth chart. So. Fear not, Mark Sanchez fans. He, you're still <laughs> probably ahead of Trubisky on the depth chart, which is stupid. Well, one of my favorite Greg-isms is he really doesn't like Mark Sanchez. That's not true. Don't play the old well, veteran in front of Trubisky. Or, right? John, yeah. or John Fox, for that matter. So. I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't even disagree with you, but I do like you'll never miss an opportunity to take a <laughs> well, shot. I knew you would like that. Yeah, at, at like my boy Mark Sanchez, who went into Foxborough in January 2011 and won a damn playoff game. Yeah. Keep rewatching that. <laughs> That's almost a decade ago. Oh, you should talk. You're watching your Browns games from 1981 in front of the television. That yeah, is, that you're is, watching bul- Brown- that is you're multiple watching, decades you're ago. You're watching Browns losses yeah, but during nor, a party. Nor, nor am I that? telling you. Nor am I telling you during a podcast how great like uh, Webster Slaughter was. <laughs> I mean, I'm not using at the softball. I was a great name at the though. softball celebration. <laughs> True or false? The drive was being played on the <laughs> television at the house. It was. I, I mean, Very we were strange. outside, but then we came in and it was on. Yes. And uh, all right, let's just move just on. Getting killed for that in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. And by the way, you guys should know that D'Angelo Henderson's 41-yard touchdown run with just 149 to play lifted the Broncos. Oh, not a person to cares. a 24-17 we win. We should mention Paxton Lynch did not look good. I Mm-mm. think making decisions took a while, and it really was a a repeat of all the camp practice reports that we've Broncos want that Simeon looks fine. And Lynch looks not Broncos fans want, they want Paxton Lynch to look the way that Trubisky did. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's where it can be a little different. Like you'd love to see that. Um, Let's reset the decks here. Six games to still talk about. That's the only one that really matters. 54 minutes into the show. So I'm not saying we should not say things that, uh, that aren't our mind. But let's remember. Got you. That's the speed round. Those were the two quarterbacks. That's good hosting. All right. Let's. Uh, I don't. I don't. I would love to just stay here all day, but I, I know we can't. So let's move on and talk about. Uh, Mark, why don't you throw one out there? Colleen, you're on deck. How about a little Saints Browns action? All right. I thought when it comes to a Cleveland's defense played one of the better preseason games I've seen them play in a long time. Is this is the Saints har- Browns game in 2017 or like 1984. That's your trick. Bringing up some Jets game that I watched at Jocks or Dailies seven years ago. Give me a break. Go ahead. The, I, when it comes to another quarterback of note, I think that Deshaun Kaiser uh, absolutely outplayed Brock Osweiler. Cleveland's starting offense under Osweiler was, uh, was a stillborn operation. It was a disaster. And, you know, Kaiser initially, not a lot happened. <laughs> but wow. I love everything about this place. I love being a Brown, and, and I'm just very thankful to be here. Well, he's lucky he's there because I'm not sure where he's going to be on that depth chart come the season because Kaiser, again, it's a preseason game. He was not facing starters. Impressive night, I thought. He he showed, number one, his arm strength is something that I can't really think of a Browns quarterback having in a long, long time. Look like Big Ben. I mean, he's yeah, People are like, oh, that's against third or fourth stringers. Give me a break. It doesn't matter who you're against when you're dodging people in the pocket and then – Pump faking a guy and throwing yeah. it 65 yards. That's just talent. Yeah, it was not nearly as clean as uh, as what we saw from Trubisky, but I think that he's a different type of quarterback, number one. And he he moved that offense toward, down, the, down the field multiple times at the end of the game. It was a weird sight for a Browns fan to see. It was the same thing when I was watching the Texans. Same thing, same experience in my mind, which was 
right? They got the guy starting who is completely uninspiring and is just another guy. Then you got the kid who's making things happen and looks exciting. And you want to make sure you bring these guys along at the right pace. You don't want to throw them in too quickly. But if you're the Browns, you, you have to be thinking to yourself, if this guy continues to make wow plays and Brock Osweiler is going to continue to be Brock Osweiler, do you, do you just go for it in week one? I think Hugh Jackson wants him to be their quarterback of the future today. I, I don't know what will happen. Really, one quick note, Alvin Kamara, I thought for the Saints, looked awesome. Shredded Cleveland's defense. And Cam Irvin, Cleveland's first-round draft pick from a couple years ago, I honestly think he's a cut candidate. He was an absolute mess. You can't have Ow. Brock. At left tackle. can't have Brock starting games. It's just so... It would just be so depressing. When he's at, working when, himself when after out of the, the games. Job. After the games, he's saying things like this. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure um, in the history of the game, no ball's ever been completed that was thrown out of bounds. Oh. I'm going to miss this guy when he's gone after <laughs> this year. That was a joke. Like, that was his version a of bit. a joke or something. But Fun he guy. also was pointing out that he couldn't throw the ball in bounds, which isn't a good thing. Not That's good a problem. Connie, you're up. Okay. Wait, for, but one more, game, one more Miles Garrett, he looked one more good. Thought. Congratulations, Mark. For what? That's a that was a fun game to watch as a Browns fan, wasn't it? You've got a quarterback. I I mean I honestly about. and I well I don't know if either of those things are true. It was my it was fun to some degree. I don't know if I have a quarterback yet. Connie, I was saying to move on to the next game. And oh, look, okay. Some... No, I was just gonna say Miles Garrett looked as good as advertised. Not that anybody was expecting him to do yeah, anything good. less, but he disrupted some plays and, and looked good out there. That kid's got a motor. All right, you're all right. Next game. Um, I'm going to go with the Bills and the Vikings. All right, Bills, Um, Vikes. What what was your big takeaway? So with that, I just thought it was funny because uh, Tyrod Taylor – he the first three passes were to Sammy Watkins, all completions, and I feel like they were setting this up for the trade. Like, hey, look at Sammy's mm. healthy; he's feeling good; he's catching balls. I think they were. <laughs> I, yeah, what they were saying. I think That's they were. Exactly I think what they the said. Eagles did it too. I think. I think they obviously had worked yep. a lot on this trade, and Jordan Matthews got a lot of targets. I know yep. I, that that was by What's design. What's so sad is Bills fans were going crazy to watch Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I know. I feel bad. Yeah, so uh, it was that, and then uh, McCoy's backup, Jonathan Williams. He Badass. he looked really good too on some of those That's runs. That's familiar had- name. Shout out, Spicy Spice oh, Rack. That was his guy. Uh, spicy. He left with a hamstring injury. Right. I don't know how serious. He's it is, fine. But he said he's fine. He was uh, running well in Spice Rack, and when S- Spice Rack had his complete, talk about obliteration, an obliteration of his uh, potential podcast career. Uh, when he melted down last year on our airwaves, he did manage to sputter out that Jonathan Williams was a guy to watch on the Bills, or I guess he wasn't on the Bills yet. Or was he on the Bills at that point? Was this a pre-draft spicy appearance? Pre-draft, yeah. Doesn't really matter. He likes he likes Jonathan Williams. Let's see if we see more from him. You look good. Yeah, because that uh, that position's pretty thin, and that's a run-first offense. So I mean, he looked good. I am concerned about Sam Bradford got sacked big. He he got destroyed twice in two series. And that line, which was such an issue last year, it was injury-related to some degree. I, I, I wonder if it's that much better. Um, little ha- housekeeping real quick. Jordan Payton, touchdown pass from Kaiser, 2014. The Browns won that game, 1-0 for the Browns. <laughs> and, I thought we had moved on, and, but you just have to get that score in. Huh? Got to get the score in. And, and in this game that we're talking about now, Desmond Lewis's one-yard touchdown reception from Nathan Peterman, which was followed by an Austin Rekow kick. Gave the the Vikings a 17-10 victory over Buffalo. So a tough couple days for wow. the Bills. So we're going extra points now. Added. <laughs> any other any other thoughts from that game before we move on? 
I think Dalvin Cook is an interesting pass-catching mm. back. Yeah. I, I wasn't totally sold on him running the ball, but I just want to see more. Uh, moving on, Greg uh, throws the game. we got four more to get to. Do you need help? Here they are. I'll do a, I'll do a one quick point off of Eagles-Packers, Okay, which is that Ty Montgomery had reportedly had fumbling troubles throughout training camp. It's been some buzz that Jamal Williams from uh, Sydney's own BYU was coming Hello. on fast and maybe taking some carries away. And Ty Montgomery lost the fumble on his second carry of the preseason. So you would think this is starting to be a problem for a guy who also is known not to be too great at pass protection. So that's, I love watching Ty Montgomery, but that's a little bit of a caution for all the fantasy buzz that he's getting. I think that's fair. Derek Barnett also looked really good in that game. Sully, yeah. Sully, as soon as I came in, he bombarded me with highlights. Go to my Twitter. Look at this. <laughs> but he did, he did really look good. You know it's August. When football time in Tennessee. <laughs> you know it's uh, August when Matt McGloin throws the ball 42 times. Wow. That was an odd, that totally odd box score. For less than five yards per attempt, by yeah. the way. So, Maddie not really lighting it up. A 24-9 Packers victory. Uh, let's take a look at Atlanta, Miami. Atlanta, Miami. I. Uh, it looks like uh, Dolphins second rounder Raquan McMillan, his knee injury. Uh, it, it appeared to be pretty serious. I don't know. Yeah, that happened early in the game. I think he has a torn ACL, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes, he is expected to miss the season uh, with a torn ACL. So that's just that's a big blow for them. Tough, tough news for him. Uh, not overall for the game so far. Probably not was going to start many. for that team by the yeah. way, yep. a position that could be a weakness. Plus, you know, named after Raquan the chef. For real? Is wow. that right? Interesting. I don't know that for sure. Oh. I think I think so. I'm pretty sure. You could have just timing, told us. Yeah. How are you pretty sure? Like you have I looked it up at the time, and I was like, <laughs> whoa, was he named after Raekwon? And I think the answer is yes. We saw Matt Ryan for one series uh, for the Falcons and uh, three for three, 32 yards and a touchdown. I think they converted uh, to Devonta Freeman on a fourth and one for a touchdown. So they got the offense in there. They do their work. Matt Moore, one attempt uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, I guess that surprised me a little bit, but they're trying to get a look at their... A lot of Brandon Dowdy last night. <laughs> it was a big Dowdy party. Tough week for Jalen Collins. Got suspended 10 games and then gave up a 99-yard touchdown to like a third-string receiver. Not great. Yikes. And more bad news for the Falcons. They fell 23-20. Oof. Miami outscoring the Falcons 13 wow. points in the fourth quarter. Does that sound Whoa! familiar? Hey, hey. This could be a tough Close one. Close out to your bounce. games, Dan Quinn. <laughs> Could be a tough one to bounce back from. All right. Also, uh, around the league, let's talk about ooh, the Jacksonville Jaguars in New England, a Patriots. Mm. Tell me a little bit what you saw from Blake Bortles, Greg Rosenthal. Not much, good or bad. He wasn't in long enough. He was just kind of there. That would be my my Bortles assessment. And then Jimmy G, I learned that some of the Patriots homers who were kind of like a, it was a sponsorship slash announcer. I was confused what was going on. He's called Game Day Garoppolo. Apparently, he's okay in practice, but put him on Game Day, and Jimmy G's going to inspire. I thought Deion Lewis looked good. How about Leonard Fournette, man? I, I'm I'm into some Leonard Fournette. He's yeah, he thinks he's going to lead the league in rushing. He's a load. I mean, they, that coach wants to run the ball like roughly 57 times a game, so it's it feels positive. They, and they and they did in that They're, game. They ran the ball twice as much as they threw it. They that, were they were using it on fourth down. He plowed right through the Patriots for like an eight yard gain at one point. Rex Ryan, Geno Smith esque uh, in that Monday night game. 18 pass attempts for the entire game. Yeah. In a preseason game, so I don't know if Doug Marone's sending messages in week one of the preseason about they scored 31 points. They did. That's in what they fact, were going to be, I think. That was more than enough. To what about pick. Austin Carr? Oh, that's true. 
Another nifty he, white for New England to uh, to go up and down the field with. Undrafted, and, and he made some really good catches. He's been making – like the Patriots fans are convinced this is like the next Wes Welker, and he did, you know, have an un- – probably the play of the night, I would say, was his touchdown catch, his skying wow. through the air. For it was them. amazing, cool. yeah. Um, but guess what? <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> guess what? It wasn't enough because the Jaguars held on for a 31-24 victory over the Pats. So the Pats fall to 0-1, including dropping a home game, which is significant. West predicted they would fall in the preseason. He was not that's, wrong. That's true. That's true. And I, by the way, it just occurred to me now there will be at least 14 listeners of the show that are going to think that I'm being serious about the scores. No. Uh, well, you're right. Oh, I'm yeah. very serious you about are. it. You are. And New England, a bad start Completus. to their season. Finally, Washington and Baltimore, I call it the Battle of the Beltway, but it wasn't much of a battle. The Ravens with a 23-3 win, uh, cruising to a victory. And if you're, again, if you're still on the Kaepernick watch, which seems kind of to be an exhausting task uh, here in the Ravens' nest, uh, Ryan Mallett, again, does not look like a a competent quarterback on any level. Um, Completed half his passes, 9 for 18, 58 yards, about three yards per attempt. So I don't know. I honestly don't know what else – when, at one point, the Ravens have to say to themselves, our starting quarterback has a back injury, uh, and those things can crop up at any time, especially when people start getting hit, Mr. Flacco. we got to get somebody else in there. Yeah, by the it way. It seems like a, a place Kaepernick should land. Remember it was supposed to be three to six weeks for Flacco? Right. Oh, first, from the time said it was in, only like a week. Right, from the time of the injury, which was mid to early July. We're now in mid to early August, so it's been a solid month, and he has not practiced at all. One thing in that game, I mean, the Redskins, Kirk Cousins nearly throws a pick right out of the gate to Eric Weddle, gets hammered on a sack later on. This team could not run the ball against Baltimore. Their offensive line got completely controlled by the Ravens from start to finish, 2.2 yards per carry. Rob Kelly got destroyed. None of these guys, the Redskins were so out of sync. And a Washington Post writer noted that their camp has been very luxurious very kind of easygoing oh. and low-key. And they kind of called him out and said, time to turn it around. Camp Cupcake. You don't want to get that. Camp Cupcake. Hey, numbers don't lie. 23-3. <laughs> I mean. Toughen up. Small subplot. I know we got to go. Yeah. Scott McLuhan has a, a Twitter account, which I highly recommend. It's great. Really? And uh, Very interactive. And one of my favorite subplots is he he does not miss an opportunity to talk about <laughs> Matt Jones as a future over star and over. over and over on his <laughs> yep. Twitter account. Really? Just get Matt Jones on the field. He's going to be a star. I asked him a question. He did not respond. <laughs> well, I've been a big Scott McClellan What did guy. you ask? Don't give up. Keep firing away. It was Kaiser related, I believe. It was like at <laughs> one in the morning. So you have a good relationship with Bernie Kosar now. That, yes, that I do. was a lot of effort on your part, and he eventually – Very organic, actually, yeah. did. Oh, was it? Very organic. <laughs> It wasn't like tech, it, uh, tweets every day to Bernie until he No, came. just completely sort of a natural human friendship. I feel like you guys might be close to actually, like, grabbing a beer. Well, roughly 2,000 miles away, but outside of that, yes. It's a problem. Uh, so the rest of the games uh, are uh, coming up on Saturday and Sunday. Tonight. tonight. Uh, Friday, too. Friday as well. I keep on getting the days mixed up. Uh, a lot of games. Yeah, three games today. And the You'll note that the Saturday Lions – uh, bring up the rear. Uh, they're the last team in uh, huh. the Colts to, to start the preseason. Connect the dots, people. <laughs> the old Lions taking some naps under the tree in the jungle. Is that what's happening? Well, I'm glad they're actually on the week one schedule. Put it that way. Mm. 
Are I'm you not you. aware really, of the situation? Really, no, you really sniffed this one out. I know, I know. You no, have an issue with the, their training camp schedule and, and how they've started. Well, they kind of float, they float in not whenever they felt like Don't it. isolate me on okay. I'm with you. I'm with you, Dan. Okay, you, you and, and Sessler. Show some Greg, are you plays. involved in this as well? No, I pointed okay. out that their preseason finale was Sunday because that should remind Dan they weren't allowed to go to training camp as oh. early as some other teams. Well, I think Lions fans sure, sure, would sure. get on board with this. How about show some effort, start winning some games, please? Yeah. Thank you, Mark. What, one playoff win since 1958? Whoa. Oh, check that box. We've checked that box. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. All right, so that's the preseason talk for today. Before we get out of here, yes, it's been teased. It's been promised. Um, big announcement. Oh, it's a big one. All right, so. I think Wes already got that honor today, but. Well, it's not the biggest announcement. <laughs> right. It's just an announcement. But it's, a, it's a pretty big announcement still. In fact, now that I think about it, maybe Wes, we should have used this music on Wes. It's okay. Anyway. What can you do? Sometimes you didn't know what roll. the news was going to yeah, I had yeah. no idea. All right, here we go. Here's the big announcement. We've been talking about the um, subreddit, the big 5,000 announcement, and uh, the 5,000 subscriber on the subreddit. We wanted to give him a prize, uh, but then we realized there was no way to tell who the 5,000 <laughs> subscriber was. Uh, kind of failed there. And then it's swelled to over 6,000 now. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a contest. Oh, yeah. A contest that everyone on the subreddit could potentially be involved with. Wow. Everyone on it. You don't have to be in the first 5,000. You don't have to be the first person or the 6,000th person. You can be anybody out there. You can be anybody. And these are, this is how we're going to do it. Each of the heroes... Uh, are going to pick 10 names from uh, the subreddit. Two, 10 handles from the sub, subreddit. At and random. At random. Or any way you want, really. You, you guys can tweet us if you want to be on our, our team. Butter us up a little. That. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. Lost my train of thought. Yeah, you can, you can do a... Um, Base it completely on chance. Just duck, duck in there and grab names, or you could, you, you know, pick people that you like or comments you like. Oh, that person deserves it. Uh, this music is more, more confusing to my brain than actual. You could send us so. gifts, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where was I? So you, each of us will pick ten na- usernames, ten handles, until we have fifty. So the four of us here in West, of course, of those fifty that are chosen, uh, we will now. Then we will then take those names, jumble them up. And then have a basically a draft order, and uh, the first person obviously that's up uh, will then be asked onto the show to do a little around the NFL podcast slash NFL trivia. Um, four questions you got to get all four right, and it's a mixture again of NFL trivia and of podcast history trivia. Um, the first person, and we'll keep going until we find someone. It could be the first person gets four in a row, and, and they're the winner, or. Hell, it could go to the 48th person, the 50th person. We would have to take it down the drawing potentially. Hopefully not. That would be Ooh. terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, if we were doing that weekly, I the mean, that contest would, that would Greg, never die. This, this is already on Greg's that, radar. I that can would, tell, but no, it's not. That, that would take us into the 2018 season, which seems a bit much. That would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. but part of this is we're counting on you, uh, the, 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 the listeners, to be okay at trivia and things of that nature. But He's coming up with the questions. We all worked out. Don't okay. Worry. Okay. Okay. Um, but so yeah, we'll 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 go through it, and then the winner, first person to get four questions right once you get on the air, 
um, will get the grand prize. Grand prize, we're still working out what the grand prize is. We're going to try to make it something Could be sexy, though. Cool. Could be sexy. Could be highly underwhelming. Uh, we're working on the details of that right now. But this is going on. It's not going to start yet. There are meetings, corpo conversations, phone it's calls. It's a big deal. We're trying. It, these, it's genuinely happening. So how do you get involved? Oh, I'm not on the subreddit. How do you know? I want to be involved. Well, figure it out, bro or lady. Yeah, exactly. Sign up for the subreddit. Oh. Anybody can do it. You could still get in right now. So uh, we'll be doing the drawing at some point uh, in the new f- near future, I would believe. Uh, so if you are interested in potentially being on the show and w- winning the grand prize uh, subreddit grand prize, uh, then sign up for the subreddit and then maybe just maybe you'll be on the airwaves. There you go. Can I submit myself? Cannot. Okay. I don't know what the prize is. You would have to renounce your uh, <laughs> hero rights to do so. Okay. It's kind of like in Superman. Don't want to do that. Maybe you'd be fine doing that too. If yeah. So that's. It is <laughs> no, no, no. I won't. Do you remember in Superman two when Superman renounced his superpowers for love? He made that decision. You could do something yep. similar. Got punched it, out in a it diner. Could, it could yeah. be coming. Colleen's got a lot of jobs coming up with this 2017 season. Mm. Her star is rising. She is. It might. She. It might be eclipsing uh, this little studio here. No way. Might be. I'm just it's like saying. The new face of NFL Network, basically to our left. Stop it. This might That's be the last true. time she's in the studio. This is my favorite thing I do here. <laughs> uh, well, we we love to have you here. Uh, Kenny Boggs. Um, all right, so there you go. <laughs> was that Connie Boggs or Tiny Boggs? It was a it was a combo. <laughs> yeah, it was Connie Boggs. Well, I like Connie. So I like Connie Box. Connie it's Box. It's very versatile. Yeah. You know, it's kind of grosser. Yeah. Tiny Fox. <laughs> Somehow Tiny it's Fox. worse. <laughs> all right. All right. Not everyone else is on board with that. So oh, there, by the way, the before we go. Oh, okay. Go ahead. No, that was it. That oh, was before we go, yeah. I just want to say that. I was really, really close to ordering a clown to the Shield <laughs> celebration no, party. No. But there were two things that <laughs> held me back. One, I was about to get on a flight, and I'm, I was afraid of going down clown wor- like wormholes a little bit, rabbit holes. Why? Uh, because like it is a little bit creepy. And also, oh, I, I don't know who's tracking my stuff. And all of a sudden, if like they see a bunch of like weird <laughs> clown searches, like all of a- that comes out, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. second, but and more importantly, I was. I struggled to find, follow the logic there a little yeah. bit. But go on. What like if the plane crashes <laughs> and they general they, paranoia they, they check you? <laughs> paranoia and also like a little bit of laziness because I was like, mm, that seems okay. like a lot of work. Let's and just I say what Wi-Fi. It is. And then two, <laughs> I was a little worried for the clown's safety if I didn't well, send a clown. <laughs> that's to the on house. point. I would say this at the state that we were in by. <laughs> this, this clown shows up at eight thirty, nine o'clock or yeah. something. They would have been taken down. Oh, right, for sure. Right. I yeah. Colleen is making. The re- I hate clowns. I always have. If at the state I was in by the end of that party, <laughs> if that clown showed up after ten p.m., it would have turned into like Jared Leto's face in Fight Club. Yeah. It, I I wouldn't even. By the time I like snapped out of like my rage. I know. Literally, there would be no face left on that clown. And this poor clown would have came in with balloons and games. Hey, it would have been, been cruel to the. Right, right. Oh, it would be so. a happy clown? That wouldn't be like a scary clown? No, it would be a happy clown. Well, all clowns are scary, actually. You are a strange person, um, <laughs> and I'm glad that's Wait, me happen. or Dan? I'm a strange person. Oh, very, well, yeah. Both. I'm pointing to true. you on this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bit of an odd bird, but we, we like having you around, Colleen. All right. Hey, thanks. You should have done it, though. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, next time. All right, next time indeed. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm Tiny Box. <laughs> <laughs> the boss. 
And Erica and Sully behind the glass. Till Monday. <laughs>